Welcome to the Genius Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McBride, and in today's conversation, I'm speaking to Rachel Tiwano. Rachel, in her words, is a woman diviner, a woman diviner that helps you connect to self, connect to earth, and doing that through your own energy. I've known Rachel for a number of years, and the reason I was drawn to her in the first place is because her work is about helping you reclaim your sovereignty. So you'll know by now I speak a lot about self-empowerment and only working with those that will empower you and bring you back to self. And Rachel epitomizes these qualities. So she is an oracle. She works with sacred sound. She works with Akasha healing, galactic entity removal, lineage trauma clearing and anything that holds you back at root which can help you reveal your soul gifts and your destiny path. She holds impeccable space to help you shift into new states of awareness and create a sense of freedom and ultimately so you can embody a transformation and that's what her work is about, the embodiment. She runs a mystery school which she founded a DNA key practitioner training, which is a pioneering code for a new world. And she ultimately guides you into remembering your own strength and wisdom. So let the magic begin. Hi, we've got Rachel Tewano, the lovely name, as I've just been saying, and what you were telling me what it means. So I'm going to tell everyone for the purpose of this it means I am Mm. which is amazing and perfectly sums you up as well and the work that you do so I've known Rachel for maybe four years maybe Mm. oh four years um and had some amazing womb sessions Uh, Rachel is known as a woman diviner so I'd like you to describe to the listeners what that means, Rachel. Oh, firstly, thank you for having me. Really Welcome. beautiful to have this conversation. I know it's going to go wherever it needs to mm. when we come together. What <laughs> is Woman Diviner? Well, when I felt it and that landed in my awareness, I too asked the same thing. It's not something that you hear. Mm. The Woman Diviner is what I now know, what I now feel, it's an expression. It's a state of being and it's fully understanding connection to ourselves, Mm. body, human, and connection to earth, to our environment, so the micro and the macro, but fully understanding that we are the divination. Our bodies are the tools and our environment really is that honey that beauty, that divination. Love that. And as you know, I love Mm. your work and, you know, we've done some amazing work together. And, Mm. yeah, I I love that. It sums you up. It does sum you up and who you are and what you do. And today why I brought you on and why I was excited to get you on is because, for me, you know, the conversations that we've had, the work we've done together and just, yeah, the, the many 
conversations and where they went in specific realms, should we say. And we've we've discussed a lot in the past about the Akash, the Akashic records, and I've seen a rise in, you know, healers, therapists, people talking about the Akash. Um, I've even seen comments about, you know, or hair comments. You can go to the Akash if you're good. <laughs> and, you know, if you if you do this specific work, you can get to the Akash. And totally not my understanding. And I also know it's not your understanding. And you, mm-hmm. as someone that I know to be an expert, because... It's not about the training and it never was for us. It was about the initiations and the energetics that we work with and understanding things on a deeper level. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to come in and we can have this discussion. And, you know, just for the listeners to even give them clarity on what it means, what it is, why you would go there Mm. and things being done right. Mm. Yeah, well, the Akash is such a potent pathway of healing. For me, it's it's almost like we have access to the timelines, to the book of life of the soul, all that the soul has ever been. Um, and it's going through time, the spiral to the root of the trauma or the block or the karmic contract. And when we're operating at the root, we can then heal and weave it forward and no longer be bound by the magnitude of what was. So yes, the the challenges may still rise in our life, but we're not carrying the five, 10, 20 incarnations where we tried to to heal that karmic contract, that binding of our soul. Um, So for me, the deep respect I have for this passage of healing, um, it's up there. I I think it's a really potent space to have access to um, and it needs to be respected and honoured because when we're in the acacia, um, if we don't abide by universal law, um, yeah, of course, things can happen in that experience that we need to know about. It's not it's not just sort of enter the Akash. We have to have yeah. reverence for what we're actually opening. Um, I know I do when I when I work with any client, there's there's a process and there's a passage um that my soul actually remembered so Mm. i i kind of do things backwards there's a real innocence to um my work in that i began to work with people and just these knowings would rise within me Mm. where to access it in the body temple where to access it in the energetic field and and because i'm an oracle it was almost like i was just being shown videos and then I innocently like pieced it all together from remembrance and, and devotion. Um, and then there was one moment where the magnitude of, whew, wow, 
this is the acacia and then I sort of went off and I was like what is the acacia because Rachel human self didn't even really have an understanding of of what that was I would just almost like see this book and then all the pages had the videos like the onion and we peel it back um so they're the metaphors that were shown to me as I went into that journey um it is my belief we all have the acacia within us because it's our DNA, it's our soul, it's our ancient past. Um, so, yeah, that's the acacia for me and how it shows up for me in one-to-one -one sessions. Um, within the acacia, it's not only us, it's also our lineage. So the ancient past of our bloodline and our soul lineage. So it's... It's this big, potent, beautiful space that's within us yeah. that we can um, get to the root of that, our deep. And that's the thing, what you're saying, because, you know, that's my experience. It's it's within us. And, <clears throat> you know, it's it's something that you, you go within to experience rather than without. And sometimes, you know, I believe I believe in guides because, you know, I want to say guides on a on a physical level, you know, we all we all share knowledge with each other and, and give each other guidance. And, you know, we all have different experiences. And, you know, <clears throat> like yourself, I'm a seer. So it's different, mm -hmm. I think, when you see things and yet you, you piece it together and you don't get the full script straight away. You've got to make, mm -hmm. you know, okay, this means this, this. And sometimes it can take years before you get the full picture yeah but but although I do believe in that I also feel like sometimes when training comes into play sometimes it's almost like a regurgitation of information without the embodiment and the embodied mm. experience and the initiation so who Who's to say you have access? Who's to say this person has access in this moment through this particular training as opposed to it coming into the reality at the time when it does? And I think for me, that's a little bit of it as well. You know, um, when when you've got a guide, it's, oh, okay, this is, you can feel this is time or you feel it's time. But if it's someone that actively seeks and potentially goes into it with the wrong kind of, mindset as you say there's not that deep reverence for it and the respect then mm. things can things can shift courses can shift and things can happen and what's your experience of that yeah I think I feel and I've witnessed I guess that is kind of in all things consciousness isn't it when it's I always teach to lead from that internal innocence i say innocence other people may say mastery but yeah. the word innocence for me is always sort of led um but i think yeah seeking or doing a course yes if that's your desire mm. but always allow for that internal rhythm of you and and space and time i don't think this this is an ancient passage i believe yeah. of remembrance and within that you know through those incarnations of of refining and um 
and bringing it all together in remembrance. I think that layering on top of, it's almost like layering your wisdom with knowledge and they're two very different things. But I think that's what will set people apart from other people. It's really the merging of both um, for that unique way to be expressed. But I agree. I'm, um, you know, I've heard some beautiful stories of the occasion. I've heard some really disrespectful stories, but within all things, there is duality and polarity, mm -hmm. and that is the human experience. Um, and I think it's always just coming into heart space and really feeling your integrity into, am I ready to step into this? Mm. Do I have this sacred reverence? Um, how am I going to work with this? So for me in the beginning, before the walk of the wounded healer back in November 2020 really came that thread released in the collective field, I, I full ownership. I used to journey into the acacia and work um, with that person in that life, in that trauma. So I was working with them in that timeline. After that shift in our collective field, now I operate in a new way where it's a co-creation with like you as a person now and the life that you were bound in it or, or sign that contract or whatever language you use around it. So it's almost like a three part. And I think that there's potency in that because we're working with so much embodiment now. It's such a key piece. Mm -hmm. And when you take the client on that journey, it's their experience. It's no longer, we're not the healer anymore. Yeah. They have the experience and we're like opening up this space for them because we have access and because um, that is a sole gift of us, we open that space and um, create the safety within universal law for them to have that experience. And I think it's more visceral and it's more powerful because all of them is having the experience past and present. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so evolving, even within the occasion. It's quite, it's quite beautiful to, to be a part of. Yeah. And you described it as well, really beautifully because, mm. you know, probably like yourself we've seen we've seen it all like in terms of you know ways of going there training what it looks like you know people delving in and what the experience is but you know it's you know like what you've just said it's their experience and I was speaking about this on the last podcast about you know the age of the guru is done it's over and, you know, you can be a guide, you can be a facilitator to hold the safety of the space. But ultimately, it's the person having their experience in that space and yeah. how we can hold the space when they're in there. So on that, what is your experience of maybe people who haven't got that experience to, you know, be a space holder in that way and they're taking others into the Akash and navigating through the Akash and maybe it's not with integrity or maybe, 
they feel that it's with integrity because they feel they can hold space. But as we know, it's different levels when you're working mm. with different energetics. So what's your experience of, of what happens, the consequences of that? I feel within any space like the Acacia, when you are working with the timelines of the soul, um, I think there's no more important time than to be in your heart and to be um, really landed on that, that soul connection. Because what happens when we, we don't lead with heart, when we're leading with ego, for example, or we're, we're going in and opening spaces that the processes aren't there to support, mm. we're almost opening up threads within their soul. Mm. And we are bound by universal law. And yeah. do you know if you asked me to list the universal law, I couldn't speak it. I couldn't tell you what it is, but I know it within me. Like there's this, mm, it's almost like, you know, when you're clairvoyant mm. and you sense something or you see something, you don't always have to say it. You bring it through the heart and that is your divine filter of speak that or, or move over to there. Just because we see it or we can doesn't mean that we always should, unless it's for the highest good of yeah. the person that we're in service to. And so when we are working in the Acacia, if we're not operating out of that highest timeline, that highest respect for their soul, mm. yeah, karmic, karmic contracts can be created in that space. Um, universal law is broken there's a ripple effect to that misuse to that disrespect of that space um it is not for me to judge and it's not for me to say you're doing it right and you're doing it wrong that's not my way but i do you know if people ask i always say it's a space of deep reverence and respect because yeah. when you're in there you're working with past lives and that affects the becoming mm, and 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 i understand what you're saying about it's not a judgment and saying mm. however mm. there's also responsibility if you do have more knowledge and more wisdom in areas that you know we share that so then people can make an informed choice they can use discernment whether they choose to or not because no one is saying to somebody else you can't do this and you can't do that but if people don't really understand and then you you do have somebody else saying actually i can take it in here i can do this we can do that we can alter the future we can alter the yeah. current timeline you know if, if people are sharing that and they probably haven't got the knowledge themselves, which is why they're sharing in that way, then yeah. sometimes it's okay. Mm. This is how it really is. Make your informed choice and decision from that space. And I feel these conversations are really important because I feel especially when we when we begin the path, everything is sparkly, everything is shiny. Mm. And unless we really um lean into conversations like this and and speak from all the different facets of energetics and acacia and soul healing and womb wisdom mm. yeah people 
to really be mindful and conscious like do I align to that? Like, is that my truth? Or am I just being swept up in this new shiny thing of, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, of course I can do it. Mm. And we in a world of instant gratification, you can learn anything. We're bombarded with information all of the time. And there's this, um, there is this thread of now instant. And of course I can do it. I love that in certain aspects but in these ancient places and um yeah we need to have these conversations about it just to up the level of reverence and know that there is a um there's an ebb and flow mm. yeah so if we're doing it in sacredness there can be um what's the word i've lost the word <laughs> Consequences, Consequences, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded so hard, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask you a bit of a personal question. Sure. So, with your own way for you, the work that you've done in your case, is there any, like, anything that you would like to share in terms of how it shifted or changed your life in some way? Um, I feel the level of service that I can offer my clients because of that deep knowing of the acacia, it really becomes this fast track of transformation mm. because we're no longer operating just in here, just in this incarnation, in this. We're, we're not putting a Band-Aid on. We're going to like the core of it um, and we're working there. So, yeah, it was a game changer uh, for myself um, in this life to remember what was and to um, come back into that space. Um, but, yeah, I um, to see and to witness the transformation in my clients because of the acacia work i mean that fulfills me like nothing else it's it's my honey it's mm. yeah yeah and how so is it, so now you're saying you do it in three parts well how if someone wants to work with you and visit the occasion that way what's something mm -hmm. typical that you do or something that you work on in the acacia with people sure so Whenever I receive a client, um, I'm a light language speaker. So for me, I begin with a light language blessing. It's very quick and I work at this quantum speed. So the acacia will just be a snippet of our session together. Um, so in this blessing, I'm really asking and um, through light language, bowing in reverence to the soul and asking how is that I can serve you. And then it is through that highest aspect, that soul aspect, that that really leads me in session. So that's who I'm working with because the, the human soul knows that quickest pathway to the soul's highest path, to the big why, to that destined path. Mm. So in that sort of reverence, we're really... Um, setting that tone, creating that space of, of sacredness. And then if the higher self shows me or directs me into um, 
you know, it's a direction from the higher self. Um, so then I respond to that and I will check the acacia. So I see the acacia sort of open within the solar plexus, the I am, the gateway mm. to the light that we hold. So it's actually through there that I connect into. Um, and it's almost like this spiral. If I could show you the visual, it's almost like this spiral. And then I arrive into this connection with this person and I know that it is a past life. And then that soul is almost like a representative. So imagine incarnating 20 times to um, heal the bounding of suppression, mm. um, you know, within the throat. So before we would have had to do sort of a regression that would take hours and hours whereas or heal each contract individually that shifted too because our, of our collective shift in consciousness so now i call forth one representative and i'm working there the the client in the moment is having this experience is like feeling it or seeing it whatever their passage is to have that experience and we can kind of talk sometimes they have their eyes open um, a lot of my clients are very multidimensional, so we can be fully here, present, communing, but also speaking about what we're seeing and experiencing in the acacia. Um, and that can take one minute, it can take five minutes, but it's not a long drawn out process. And most of the times, 80% of the time, when that thread is healed and when those lives um, finish that process that I take them on, there's almost like this new space within the body. And, and that's when I get so inspired by this work because you see it in their eyes. You see the, whoo, like the little ha. And that's when you know, like it's fully grounded. It's fully in this now moment. And that's, that's the crucial part. And I always say in all of my work, we can do these amazing etheric deep healing journeys, but if it's not landing, if we're not rooting it into our humanness, into this now moment, it, it won't translate in, in that future self. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's the earth star is the key. Mm, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely agree with everything you're saying and even the, you know, the, the, the integration, the helping something to just integrate into your beingness, into your body and everything. And that's, that's a piece I feel, you know, to, to, to and it's really important part of my work where, you know, people want the multidimensional, out of body, you know, the light show and, you know, take me here, take me there and the energetics. And it's like, okay, you can do that. But it's like, to me, it's just like an ayahuasca trip. We go in, we go on a big journey and we see things and we have realizations and we go multidimensional. But then what are you doing with it when, when it wears off? How is that yeah. going to be integrated into your life going forward? What does that look like? Because the journey itself doesn't mean anything. It's the, how do you take forth the lesson? Because we're being shown and 
you know, it's the same for any healing work. And I know in the past, you know, a lot, a lot past, I used to be more about that, not just for me, but with my clients, I want to get this and show them this and show them that. And then now it's more like, okay, well, we can do all of that, but let's do the basics and integrate all of those lessons, integrate everything so you can take your life going forward with the integration of what you've learned. Otherwise, it's almost a disconnect, what you say, between the, the knowledge. It's not wisdom. It's knowledge. Well, I've got that. I've seen it. I've done it. But actually, mm. it's not wisdom. It's not an embodiment. It's not in your code, and your DNA. You're not walking around with that in your energetics because you just know it. And yeah. I think that's, for me, what I find more than, you know, current more than ever that people want the light show they want the experience but the less concerns with the embodiment and integration of what they've just witnessed yeah Yeah. it's amazing the way that you're doing to bring that in yeah and you too you know we know it's the key i think because when you you see the transformation in your life when you you live and breathe it and become it um and so of course then you want to translate that because you know that's the key you know that's where people get to live the ritual Mm. is when that you know really becoming that experience yeah Mm. yeah yeah you are the walking experience and it's you are the divination yeah (laughs) and and you know you don't have to think about anything there's no because you are it so when you speak of it it's you are it there's no let me learn my lines let me learn let me have my notes Mm. because you are that thing so you just teach them whatever's inside does it um something you touched on which i'm going to just touch on now because you mentioned it and i know because i've experienced it from you when you said about light language Mm. i'd like to touch on that because my experience of light language, uh, obviously, I don't do light language, by the way, but <clears throat> I've had a session off you where you've incorporated light language and it's felt really harmonizing. It's mm-hmm. felt, it's felt, um, I did, I had tinnitus, and you remember in the ear, and we're bringing it through the spiral, and, you know, and it was harmonized and I felt balanced. I felt good. I felt calm. Mm. I understand. I felt every cell, every molecule. And I've experienced someone, and it was only on social media, I think it was Instagram, and somebody had shared this guy, and he was saying, I am doing light language, and I I can't remember. Mm. I think he said he did DMT or something, and he did like any, and he downloaded this light language. I felt physically sick, and I've just seen your reaction, so I know you could feel it too. <laughs> yeah, I could see. I actually vomited that night. Now, there was no reason for me to vomit, like from a food point of view. I was thinking, have I got food poisoning or this or that? Next day, I was completely fine. But when I was I was watching it, my stomach, I had a real visceral reaction to the point I was physically sick that night that evening and I know and I always said that was from whatever he was doing and that did not feel good now Mm -hmm. 
don't get me wrong, I don't believe that he knew what he was doing wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But this is another thing as well that's out there with light language because I had that real, you know, lived experience to know, ah, okay. And now it's to a point I can't watch people doing light language on social media, just random people. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if it's not, you know, not, not necessarily something bad, but it's almost yeah. like a lot of people don't know what they're playing with as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I love that you felt that viscerally, whether it's a perceived, um, you know, leaning in and a homecoming or it's like, no, that is the potency of ourselves. That is the potency of our body and our barometer of discernment and for light for me as someone who organically again did not learn light language it just began i would hear it like in my energy field Mm. um and then i didn't like as i'm not galactic like i don't watch sky-fi and all the things i was like what is this but i knew there was a resonance i knew the sound um and then it then it became and for me like language is removing all of the masks Mm. and allowing that ego to dissolve and it's this it's this beautiful commune Mm. of souls and so um for me it's a key and it allows me to quickly do the work so it it's dissolving the ego it's dissolving all the barriers so we're not having to talk and go through all those layers. The light language just opens up that soul-to-soul connection. Um, and whether, you know, that is a um, heart-based feeling or or not, it's it's a revealing. Light yeah. language is a revealing. I mean, I have had an experience um, in 2016, it'd be, in Bali. Um, Mm -hmm. I went to Bali with um, a mentor of mine at the time and you know he he took me on this path I'm I'm gonna have to get him onto the podcast you know he's he's an amazing person Mm. been on the path a long time and he took me on this journey around Bali and we went to this lady and she's doing singing bowls crystal singing bowls I had this spontaneous reaction after Mm. And I started speaking what we would know as Aramaic, which I hadn't, oh. learned. I hadn't learned it. Oh. And, I mean, he, he said that was his toughest retreat <laughs> with me on it. He said, I, I felt like afterwards, I felt like just closing my business down and opening up a Turkish kebab shop. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Interpoint, energetic yeah. sense. He says wow. you with your energy in Bali at the same time. He said that was like that was like on another level. And I said for you, I actually thought I was dying. I remember like you know thinking really cocky. I've been on the path a long time. I've done this and that, and the things that were happening to me. And you know that was one of the experiences, like the spontaneous. First, it was sound, it was noise, and then it was just speaking. 
and I'm and, and afterwards it was almost like I was in a bit of a trance afterwards. I was like, what's just happened? And then I was sitting sheepish and you know, you've got to go in the car back to the uh, the retreat and there's all people in the car and the women the women were like looking at me thinking, Wow, what what what, what was going on? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. Do you now, in reflection, feel that was an aspect of you remembering your yeah. your hundred percent, hundred percent? It was even the 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 interaction that I had with the lady that was doing the singing. Well, she was in her seventies, and she was, you know, I think she'd walked a path as being a nun, then something else, and then she was on this path. And even my interaction with her and the way she was speaking to me about this this lifetime that from past, 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 and this activation and me releasing trauma for the lineage. And we just knew. We were just in yeah. sync and we just knew and we were clearing it and clearing it and clearing it through sounds, through, you know, all these different things. And then the spontaneous speaking. And I thought, okay, that's definitely a life or many lives. There's aspects of me being realized in this space in this time and I'm meant to be enough for this mm. and I, I I love so deeply that travel and and weaving mm. with that with you know what is a stranger on the street our souls remember them mm. and as we join and that's why I think it's so important um, to sit in circles and and to travel and to to weave because you just don't know when you're going to connect with that activation, that mm. soul reference and, and what that, you know, the soil on sacred soils are, are like keys for our DNA and they activate remembrance. And I feel that part of life is about picking up those seeds mm. and so we can remember our wholeness. Um, and through sacred sound, we're stepping away from that human mind. Sound is a bridge um, and it operates from a different space to mind and logic and talking and it it's something else. And I, I really feel like we're remembering what we once knew when it came to sound mm. and, and language of the soul. Absolutely. And it's, it's been a, my astrologer told me in um it was December last year, you're going to do a lot more retreat and travel. And I was like, at the time, now I'm doing some retreats at my home for one-to-one -one clients only. And then it turns out I've traveled like to I think six different countries up to now this year. And I'm like, okay. And I've still got retreats to host and things happen. And I know really? it's probably been my busiest. It's, it, it has not probably it's been my busiest year of travel to date. And Every time I've visited specific lands and depending on who I'm with as well. The yeah. the almost like the activation of something and then I'm being called to something else and somewhere else and knowing. And I know that's been a big part of your work as well about walking specific lands. And I'm still I'm still gonna walk the lands Egypt with you one day, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, in innocence, I look back, I traveled, um, I got on a plane when I was 19 with no money, but I just knew. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally just 
without having language around spirituality, without having um, anyone to talk to. Yeah, I traveled for 10 years and now I kind of look back and just think, wow, those places and what I experienced in the remembering and flashing of past lives and, and picking up those seeds, um, experiencing those remembrances and the energetics of different land masses and meeting different people, I, I don't think I would be who I am now without that experience mm. because it is so activating. The soil holds so much for us. Mm. What the earth holds so much for us. Absolutely. What What have you got coming up this year in terms of your... Ooh. Well, I'm coming back to the heartlands, Glastonbury, in September. Um, and I'm also at the end of September. I haven't really announced this, actually. I don't know why I'm only taking four people on this space. It's it's a mound, a sacred mound that I've remembered from 13,000 years ago where I worked those lands. Um, the mound is actually my exact Venus chart in this life. So wow. it's almost, yeah, profound. Um, and I, I went there um, last year and so now i'm going to open up this space it's a it's a primordial mother connection point very much linked to egypt um it's an initiation walk um what, what country is that in is wales that... Ah, okay. yeah the world's best kept secret so mm -hmm. a lot of my earth walking is intuitively i i say i walk the sophionic grid line so the original um grid lines of the sophia of the divine feminine so well i can go to a space like stonehenge and everyone is sort of there in awe of that and you'll find me over in the corner kind of working this this potent space and reading the land and working with the earth serpents and the custodians um, but yeah so i do walk the earth quite differently and I share that and I want to evoke that in others. Mm. Like where does this land want you to walk? Like really intuitive um, sort of earth walking. So, yeah, England and Wales. Um, I'm going to be doing work in the US in 2024, the earth walker and woman diviner. I think connection to self and connection to earth is, is crucial. Um, for where we're going as a species and these really basic, simple embodiment tools can expand us but deepen us. Mm. Um, yeah, just honouring that calling. Dubai, the limitless template of Dubai. I know you do work too. Oh, I think we yeah. need to do something there. Together, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and all, all through Australia. So, yeah, I'm a gypsy and I, I feel really grateful that my service takes me all over. Mm, and you do it with a family you've proven you can have it all yeah you can because that's another yeah. myth about women and the divine feminine that we have to be in this box and this is what we do when actually we can have it all and you're a walking embodiment of that thank you do you know i'm going to be really um transparent here like I said it the other day and I was talking with a friend. She's like, oh, so when's your next big trip? And 
through COVID, we really, um, you know, we set up our own school. We lived in this beautiful um, bubble on acreage and grew all our own food. But my children, you know, they can come with me. My husband has a job, he can travel and my service can support all of that. But at the moment, my children just want to be normal. They're like, no, mum, you go and do that. Mm -hmm. We'll meet you in. And so this real acceptance and freedom that my soul calling doesn't necessarily need to include them. We don't need to go and live there. Yeah. But we've, we've raised really resilient children so that, yeah, they'll come sometimes, but they're happy for me to go and follow that calling and, and sit in my service mm -hmm. um, because they're doing exactly what their free will is desiring to. Um, so, yeah, we get to weave our soul gifts and our big visions with our friends and family. We get to make it look like how we want it to look like, yeah. not how we're told it should be. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that, that was my exact point about you can you can have it all you can have the family you can do your travel you can do your work you can have a husband you can have children and it all just weaves whatever that looks like it looks like yeah oh. and when you step into your service it becomes bit like I would never imagine I got to live this life you know sure I'm intentional and I'm conscious but it it just went there you know, so quickly, but that is devotion. That is like honouring that call when you feel the sensation, like I need to go to Glastonbury or I need to go here, honouring that. When the logical mind says, don't be silly, you can't do that. Like honouring that, standing mm. in and then sitting in the magic of that devotion. Sounds amazing. Well, thank you, Rachel. We've covered quite a few topics today and I know we'll do more in the future as well because there's just so much knowledge and wisdom that comes from you as well. So thank you for sharing. It's been an absolute joy. Um, yeah, I feel honoured and privileged to have you in my life. I thank love you. our conversations. And that ripple gets bigger, doesn't it, when we join? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. How can people find you? What's the easiest way to find you if they wanted to make contact with you? I will put in the show notes, but just. Yeah, so Instagram, I'm happy for like a respectful DM. Um, I love personal interaction. I also, you know, through my website, we can book a chat and have a chat. There's got to be a resonance. Mm. Um, I feel like we walk together. Mm. Um, so yeah. Social media, rachelduano.im um, and my website, rachelduano.com. Have okay. a feel. I always say jump in and feel mm. your way forward because that's that speaks louder. Absolutely. Mm. I'll put the links as well in the notes. But thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. Oh, such a joy. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Genius Alchemist podcast. If this episode has ignited your curiosity or inspired you in some way, then I encourage you to subscribe and share with friends. 
For those that want to stay in the loop and be the first to know about future episodes, special offers and free resources, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. By joining my mailing list or reaching out through that link, you'll have exclusive access to all the latest updates and ways that you can connect with me. I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you all in future episodes.